he has this re-election. It's real important. Yeah. And he goes against this guy who's a Whig named James Chamberlain Jones, who was 125 pounds, six foot two, and mm-hmm. went by Lean Jimmy. Lean Jimmy. Okay. And he was, you know, the Whigs, you know how they like the log cabin uh-huh. stuff? They're like, we uh-huh. need a log cabin candidate. This Folksy. guy was folksy. Folksy. He was practically. Oh, I'm just Lean Jimmy. <laughs> he was a walking log. Okay. <laughs> he was a walking log. I'm Trent Thompson. And I'm Marissa Macy. And this is Pardon Me, a presidential history podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And today? Sorry, I was just doing something different. I I see. Yeah, you really put a little little spit on it there. Well, (laughs) either way, today we're going to be talking about James K. Polk. Yeah. Uh ooh. Oh boy. <laughs> Number 11. Number 11. So we just wrapped up Tyler. Yeah. And he was pretty unlikable. Oh yeah. Um and before Tyler there was Harrison who was like mm. he was also unlikable but he was just kind of like yeah. well, new- more of a neutral way. Yeah. You're just kind of like eh that guy. Eh that guy. But Polk Polk snuck up on me. He did not keep a diary until late in life. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to know what exactly he was doing intentionally and what was being done for him. Yeah. Everything from his uh, nomination Mm -hmm. for president Mm -hmm. to, you know, just, just all of the elections he participated in. It's just. It's hard to know what he actually and and he lucked out on things like. You know, luck was on his side. Luck was sure. on his side, and so uh, okay. All right, let's go. Let's go, let's go all the way back. Itty bitty tiny baby James K. Polk. He was born in North Carolina, or or the Carol the frontier of the Carolinas. Just we, we can't say for sure. Same as Jackson. Same as Jackson. Within twenty miles of each other, yeah. But tw- so Andrew Jackson's twenty eight years older, yes. Than, so he's quite a bit older. Yes, than of course Polk. they didn't. Yeah, but yeah, they were they they were born within twenty miles of each other in the yeah. Carolinas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the Polks had been around for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love when you say mm-hmm mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> they had, and and, the, and his his mother's family, the Knoxes, hadn't were yeah. no. Uh, I mean, you know, if you heard Fort Knox. I heard of Fort Knox. Heard of it. Heard of it. Heard of it. That's her? That's, I, I don't know, it's the Knox family. It's the same family. <laughs> okay. It's not her, like, <laughs> it's like her fort. <laughs> His mommy's fort. <laughs> Women weren't allowed to own forts back then. <laughs> <laughs> Are they allowed to own them now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we finally got that. Yeah, Paul okay. finally got that taken care of. <laughs> Forts for women. Forts for women. Um, so yeah, they've been around a while. Scots Irish goes back to like Chesapeake Bay, sixteen mm-hmm. hundreds. Then they went to the pencil to the Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania, then to the Carolina. Um. So Daddy, Daddy, uh, Samuel, Samuel Polk decides to take his family out west. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna set up a plantation, and you mm-hmm. know. That kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, well, James K. Polk was born on November... 2nd? 2nd, 1795. Yeah. So he's... Yeah, and his family was, like, very Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his grandfather, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Polk, mm-hmm. had fallen off the Presbyterian path. Yeah. Uh, and became something of a deist. Yes. And so... um. In 1803, uh-huh. he takes four of his children to, and he had a ton of children. Just so many. Um, to the middle of Tennessee. Yeah. But, and then by 1806, Samuel Polk, James K. Polk's father, mm-hmm. takes him out there. So he's just yeah. like Jackson. Just like Jackson. He's going out to Tennessee. In Tennessee. By the way, uh, the Presbyterian minister would not baptize young James K. Polk because his father Samuel would not attend the service. Wow. So uh, James K. Polk was not baptized until, mm. uh, I don't want to spoil it, but on his deathbed he was <gasps> baptized. But Methodist. Methodist. Not, <laughs> not Presbyterian. Okay. He was a frail child. He was, yeah, he was really sickly. Another mm-hmm. thing that he shared mm-hmm. in common with uh, Jackson. Now Jackson yeah. was rough and tumble, but uh, Polk, Polk was not. Was not. He was he was real weak, and that was a real mm-hmm. social liability. Yeah, as a kid on the frontier. Yeah, you know, it's not like what are you doing? What are you doing? If you're not being, yeah. if you're not, um, like I don't know, chopping down a tree or like wrestling, wrestling in the yeah. woods, or yeah. he's wrestling, seeing with, how far you can spit. He's wrestling with kidney stones, right? Which makes it hard to spit far. Yeah, because you you you. you <sighs> It hurts. It hurts. Ugh, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts in my bladder. It hurts. And there's no wrestling. Ros- there's oh, no wrestling with No, once stones. people know about your tender spot, they'll grab yeah. you. They're grabbing them in the kidney stones. They're grabbing them in the kidney stones. So he suffers from this his whole childhood. Yeah. And in 1812, his father takes him. He's uh, almost 17 at this point. Yeah. Takes him, sends him to Philadelphia. To have some experimental surgery on these kidney stones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But then it was so bad on the way that they had to stop in Kentucky Uh where there was another prominent physician. Yeah, thank goodness. But not the one they were headed towards um, who went ahead and did the surgery. Let's just talk about this for a second. (laughs) Can you imagine nowadays even you're in you're in Tennessee. Yeah. We are going to take you to Philadelphia. Get in this wagon. It's going to be bouncing around. You're in pain. You're You're in pain. Kidney pain. Kidney pain. Which is, I can't even imagine. Doing Uh, that now, even to go get like a, like a, like modern surgery would be. Uh, it sounds horrible. But to to, to have I, this scary yeah. thing on the other end too, you're in the wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your kidneys oh, are screaming. You just, uh, and so, and then they're like, we're not going to make it. Hey, there's this other <laughs> surgeon. He's got a bottle of brandy and a, a willingness to try. So <laughs> we were going to take you to this extremely prominent <laughs> yeah. physician who was like the father of surgery or something yeah. Yeah. was the case. But just, actually, we're here in Kentucky and uh, we're going to go with second, third, fourth best. <laughs> you know of, what? You know. Yeah. In Kentucky. He's Fourth best in Kentucky. In, in the in the 50 mile radius, he's the best. So <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so they they give they they use brandy, I guess, as an antiseptic mm-hmm. and also 
to, to dr- get as drunk as possible for the fact that he's going to basically take a knitting needle mm-hmm. and puncture uh, the bladder, mm-hmm. drain the stones. So James K. Polk's scrotum was pierced at this young age. But tell you what, the surgery fixed him right up. <laughs> and once he recovered, right as rain. Full of energy. Vim and vigor. Couldn't get enough of life. True? True. 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 I don't even know how people survived. I I think about it all the time. So, okay. Polk does. Then he goes and has like a proper education. Once he's had his nuts drained of stones. (laughs) He goes to University of North Carolina Uh at Chapel Hill. And Uh he had just turned 20. Um, Okay. At the time, it was a very small school. It really mm-hmm. just had like a couple teachers. Yeah. There, there wasn't much going on. Um, but he graduates with honors. Okay. Then he takes the obvious presidential route that we know and love so well, mm-hmm. which is he uh, goes to apprentice and law clerk yeah. for uh, a lawyer person. Felix Grundy. Felix Grundy. He goes to Nashville to do this. Mm-hmm. And at this point in history, if we line it up with our Andrew Jackson timeline. Get yeah, if we, fl- Trent and I are going to furl out our, our, our mm-hmm. like timelines that we have for every president. Yeah. And line them up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Andrew Jackson is a prominent man in Nashville at this point. Yeah. And so they're starting to cross paths yeah. as well. Uh, Gr- Felix Grundy, who is James K. Polk's mentor, mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. nominated to the state legislature and then Polk accompanies him to that. This whole time, he's mm-hmm. not—he's not one of those presidents who goes into law thinking, "Hey, I'll be a lawyer." Yeah, he's going into law because he sees it as a window into the political sphere. This is so. what you do if you want to be in politics—is you become a lawyer. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's a good, its a tried and true path yeah. at this point. Yeah, when Grundy gets this nomination mm-hmm. and goes to the state legislature, Polk becomes a clerk for the state legislature. So yeah. just like that, his foray into law has mm-hmm. led him into the political sphere oh, just as planned. How wonderful. Yeah. So he gets admitted to the bar in 1820, a year yeah. later. Yeah. And James K. Polk is, is, is socializing and interacting with uh, Andrew Jackson also, Andrew Jackson is very close to Sarah Childress, and mm-hmm. it was believed that she and her siblings actually called him Uncle Andrew. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, like Andrew Jackson, he's like he's been being Papa to everybody for a long time already. Yes. Yeah, you know, and sure. uh, he sees uh, Polk, you know, a lot of himself. He Big really, time. he's he's gonna make him president one day. He like, and and this Sarah oof. Childress, she's. Uh, a woman in Nashville who's from a well-to-do family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they meet James mm-hmm. and Sarah when he was 24 mm-hmm. and just after the death of her father. Mm-hmm. She was a little bit younger than him, yeah. um, but she was very vivacious and outgoing, mm-hmm. super well-educated, very like smart. more so than the norm of the time. Mm-hmm. The details of their courtship are pretty unknown because yeah yeah polk didn't keep a diary Mm because he hates us he hates us and (laughs) until later he didn't keep one even though we don't know a lot about the courtship between sarah and Mm -hmm. james we do know that well 
Jackson legend has it. Yeah, right. we do know he supported it, but there's also this legend that Polk asked Jackson what he should do to advance his political career, yeah. and Jackson said you should marry Sarah Childress. Yeah, and then apparently James K. Polk goes running around, running across town to go find Sarah. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, D- D- Daddy Jackson. Daddy Jackson said, said I should marry you. Yeah, can you imagine? Um, I can't imagine. Yeah, you can. Imagine. I can. But Marissa, but, but, yeah, I just talked to Andrew Jackson. He oh, yeah? he showed up in the time machine. Oh, and he said I should ask you to marry me. Why? I don't know. It's just one of his things. Is he this, sees. Does this have something to do with your political career? He he did point out that mm-hmm. uh, I'm a little disorganized and you're quite a a planner, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm sterile, so I. I you will you will be childless and you'll be able to you know really focus on my career so yeah. yes yeah, that's okay. that was that seems to be his way of pairing people well that seems fair yeah yeah andrew, you think you think you think andrew jackson was like mm, i know that that polk has probably got his <laughs> got, gonna have some fertility issues i heard about that botched surgery oh yeah and uh i know sarah over here is really ambitious yeah, yeah. so perfect pair perfect pair perfect pair. he's making matches he's making matches <laughs> <laughs> something's seriously wrong with us <laughs> i wonder what it is buckle up i don't I'm know i'm tired it yeah, yeah it's just like my mouth doesn't work right yeah today. my mouth which is the one thing you need mm, to record is, a podcast yeah a working mouth yeah <laughs> Yeah, that is a problem. When Jackson enters the national stage as a Mm -hmm. U.S. senator and Mm -hmm. as a presidential candidate Mm -hmm. afterwards, Polk is a supporter through and through. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, And they they maintain this very healthy correspondence. Yeah. So in 1823, Mm -hmm. he's campaigning for a state House of Representatives seat Mm -hmm. in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. He's campaigning hard yeah and he's also courting sarah and he's building his law practice mm-hmm. he's a i'll give him that he's a hard worker oh when he wants something yeah. he goes hard yeah 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 he's very austere he's yes. very um he really needed sarah to soften him up mm-hmm. she was a huge help to him which is funny because she also was pretty serious well. and like she was the more fun out of the two of them, yeah. but she also wasn't very fun, which I'll get to. You'll get to, oh. when we get to the White House. Oh, sure. We're gonna well, read Sarah. <laughs> Don't tune in. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> they get married in on New Year's Day, eighteen twenty four. Nice. Yeah, he was twenty eight. She was twenty, and yeah. he also wins the seat, and he takes mm-hmm. that seat. Mm-hmm. Then he runs for Congress mm-hmm. for. Tennessee's sixth district in 1824. Yeah. yeah. It was a five way race. It was super divisive. He yeah. campaigns even harder than the yes, last thing. Yes, he does. Crisscrossing. And Sarah's like, You got to cut this out, buddy. She's all for it, Polk's succeeding, but yeah. even to her, but it's she's, too much campaigning. She's like, This is too much. Well, listen, I mean, something's got to stop him. He's got a one track mind about like once he gets on something, it's yeah. like there's no yeah. there's no stopping him from doing everything within mm-hmm. his power to make sure it happens. Yeah. And so he wins this race. Yeah. And then kind of the Tennessee bigwigs are mm-hmm. taking notice of him. Like, oh hey. Yeah. Who's this? He, they're like, okay, this Who's... guy, this guy might be something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And people were recognizing that he was a talented politician. Yeah. yeah. He goes to Washington in 1825. Mm-hmm. 
initially Sarah didn't join because she was hoping mm-hmm. to become pregnant. Yeah. They had just were trying to start their family. Sure. So she hangs back in Tennessee, like waiting for that baby. Yeah. You know, like, you know what? I'll just stay here away from all the hubbub of Washington yeah. because surely after us being so busy as newlyweds. Yes, 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 yes. Some baby will be a coming soon. <sighs> She, spoiler alert, never gets pregnant. They never yeah. have any children. Yeah. And so she ends up joining him a year later, wanting to see the business of government. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? If I'm not pregnant, might as well, I'm gonna you give know. Birth to a political career for they, you. I was trying to think of a good yep. wordplay there. Wordplay. And, you, and I s- you swept in and said something. <clears throat> I was going to say, like, she's going to impregnate herself with the uh-uh. law or something. I don't know. She's, that's, is... that's weird. <laughs> with She's she's going to she's going to grow full with liberty. <laughs> I'm getting real, like, biblical about it. Uh, uh, she's got a bill in the oven. <laughs> She helped him with his correspondence. Yeah. She would observe in the House of mm-hmm. Representatives gallery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. And then Polk just starts getting reelected and reelected. I so. mean, listen. They're Washington people now. They're Washington people now. There they are. There they are. <laughs> Polk, Polk, by the way, uh-huh. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anymore, but wasn't much of a drinker yeah he didn't drink at yeah. all i think yeah. boy he had that brandy when he had the surgery at 17 and he was like turned off that's the enough stuff. for me <laughs> uh and if you've been listening closely to the last few episodes you can maybe yeah. start to make some correlations yeah. about what ends up happening yeah. to you if you aren't a drinker jackson is president while well, this is this is time of jackson mm-hmm. 18 28 is that when he gets it yeah, yeah 28 is when jackson gets elected yeah. so as Jackson rises to the presidency, Polk is, uh, of course, oh. uh, of course, well, young of course. Hickory is aligned with old Hickory. Yeah, get in line. Uh, yeah, they. And I mean, who? He's the fucking president. I mean, yeah. Are you gonna break ties with him now? Mm-hmm. Come on. No, no. Let's ride this to the end. Ride this to the end, baby. Polk continues to win re-election over and over again, holding mm-hmm. kind of the torch for Jackson's policies. Yeah. And then in 1833, he's elected to his fifth term in Congress. Yeah. And he becomes the chairman, the chairman, the chairman. The chairman. <laughs> the chairman. Thank you. He I becomes, sounded so weird coming out of my mouth. He becomes, he becomes the chairman. He becomes the chairman. <laughs> I'm a chair and a man. <laughs> He becomes the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. Thank you. He hates, hates internal improvements. Even though he got internal improvements in his (laughs) kidneys. In his kidneys. That's right. What a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. Anti-internal improvements. Well, because it's all about constitutionality, and it's all about the fact that, well, we can't fix these roads because it's not in the Constitution that the federal government should pay for. Right. That's the whole argument. All this, like, sanctimonious, like, appeal to, like, originality, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Uh, The country is straight up just people 
trying to grab as much capital as they can. That's all it is at this point. There's no, I mean, literally the population has been doubling Mm -hmm. every 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, Polk starts to, he's okay. So he's up, he's a, He's an important congressperson. Mm-hmm. He's been there for a while. Mm-hmm. He's in this committee. Mm-hmm. Now he starts to covet the Speaker of the House position. Mm-hmm. So then he starts campaign. He campaigns for it, loses it, mm-hmm. and then again runs for it and gets the gets spot. It that time, he gets yeah. it. Jackson in eighteen thirty six. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it next time. So he's Jackson he's does. elected Speaker of the House in yes. eighteen thirty six. He is the only person to be Speaker of House. And then also president. Only person ever? Only person None ever. None of the other presidents None of the other the ones. Yep. Wow. Take that, Henry Clay. Polk, get... Polk gets his eyes on the presidency at He's this like, point. Just a little bit. He's like, okay, I know that so far, mm-hmm. little does he know that no one since has been elected speak- president after being Speaker of the House. Yeah. So he's looking around, and he was looking at Henry Clay like, well, I've seen how that has been going. It's not been going good for him. So he thinks, okay, if I go back to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. I could run for governor, and then I would be better positioned for for to go even higher. Governor of Governor of Tennessee, yeah, is going to be a better launching place for my political career than. Speaker, of the, Speaker of the House. Even though Speaker of the House is one of the most like coveted positions mm. in government, it's one of the most powerful positions yeah. in the government, he went, he was gunning for that presidency. It's, it's not a springboard to the presidency. Yeah. And with Martin Van Buren president at this point, there right. had also been this wig tide taking yes. over Tennessee. Yes. So he's thinking, you know what? If I go back to Tennessee mm-hmm. and I give it get it for the Democrats, mm-hmm. that's that's, that's gonna, gonna look me. good. That's gonna look good. People are gonna you like know, it. There's a problem happening where there's a little bit of a logjam of people who think that they should be the Democratic nominee. Yeah. And uh it's a long list of people. And uh so he's kinda like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. shoot for VP. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happens with the governorship. Their Democratic pick for governor was a man named William Carroll. Mm-hmm. And in 1838, in August of that year, mm-hmm. there was a big like event, campaign event. Yeah. And Polk does this rousing two hour long speech in mm-hmm. favor of Carroll, mm-hmm. kind of denouncing the Whigs and all this stuff. And after the speech, a toast gets raised to declare Carroll's candidacy like officially. Yeah. But then Carroll stands up and announces that he has poor health and he's not going to run. Oh. So then another toast is offered and someone's like, what about Polk? Basically. (laughs) It's Polk. And Polk pretends to be so surprised, even though he kind of had an inkling that that this was, this is something that he had kind of maneuvered a bit. Yeah, a little bit. The crowd was like, yeah, Polk, like uh, into it. Mm -hmm. So James and Sarah leave D.C. They go back to Columbia, Tennessee. Mm Mm-hmm. And they throw themselves into this governor campaign. Like, you mm-hmm. think he's campaigned before? Well, oh, ooh, you, ain't never you seen, haven't seen it yet. Yeah. He goes all across Tennessee, crisscrossing. Yeah. He's like trying to see every square foot of the mm-hmm. state. Gonna... And Sarah becomes his de facto campaign yeah, manager. Yeah. She's like, I don't have a baby. The campaign's my baby. This is my baby. <laughs> Oh, boy. So he wins the seat by a very narrow margin just as barely. governor. Just barely just squeaks barely. in. And the but office. Huh? Sorry. But that's enough. <laughs> just 
squeak on it. Just squeaking it. If you only could add just one little sperm squeak past <laughs> that knitting needle. So do we know how Sarah felt about not having children? It didn't. I have no we don't know. knowledge. Yeah. But I think she was okay with it. I think she was okay. I get the vibe she was yeah. okay with it because yeah. she was pretty like into the yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You go a couple of periods and you're like, hold on. <laughs> Maybe I just not gonna have to do this. Yeah. Like, mm. okay. She lived cool. to be old. She did. I mean, yeah. she lived to like 1901 or something. I don't know. She was old as hell. <laughs> God damn. So as governor, like he he the office was pretty limited there yeah at the time the tennessee governor couldn't even veto bills so yeah but that's not what it was about of course it's yeah. all about appearances yep. it literally is about yeah yeah he's like i'm back home it's all about tennessee mm-hmm. but really he's like trying to get a vp yeah. position yeah so when governor re-election comes up in 1841 mm-hmm. polk is like listen I really got to win this seat again because I'm on a path. I'm on a path to become mm-hmm. vice president mm-hmm. and then president. That's mm-hmm. my goal. That's what Sarah wants for me. That's what she whispers in my ear in the bedroom <laughs> at night. Okay. <laughs> That's what daddy Andrew Jackson That's what wants daddy for Andrew me. Andrew Jackson wants. This is my destiny. And, and Polk is this kind of guy and Sarah, honestly, mm-hmm. they just both think they're so right about everything. Oh God. They're yes. so self-assured. Yes. They are blind to the consequences of what they do. They are like, this is what we do. This is the path. And we're going to hit it so hard. He has this re-election. It's real important. Yeah. And he goes against this guy who's a Whig named James Chamberlain Jones, who was 125 pounds, six foot two, and Mm -hmm. went by Lean Jimmy. Lean Jimmy. Okay. And he was, you know, the wigs, you know how they like the log cabin uh-huh. stuff? They're like, we uh-huh. need a log cabin candidate. This folksy. guy was folksy. Folksy. He was practically. Oh, I'm just lean, Jimmy. <laughs> he was a walking log. Okay. <laughs> he was a walking log. He was that folksy. Yeah. He was anthropomorphized log. <laughs> so how's folk going to compete with that? I mean, he yeah. campaigns again. What's he going to do? Turn into like a. A jug of cider? I mean, you know, you can't do that. Not possible. Yeah. He tried. He tried, but yeah. He's like, Sarah, I need you to get into witchcraft. Yeah. (laughs) She tried. Oh, she she would do anything. She was was really trying to work with the local witch. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't work out. So Polk um, campaigns, 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 Mm -hmm. as he does. Mm-hmm. The results were so close that it went down to the last votes, oh. and he loses it by 3,243 votes. So just mm. a little, tiny little, margin. Teeny weeny margin. He could not beat the walking log. No, <laughs> the walking log was too strong. Yeah. So <laughs> he gets one term as governor. Yeah. Lean Jimmy does. And then, and then Polk is like, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be governor of Tennessee. Yeah. So he he runs, runs against again. him again. And Lean Jimmy is less folksy, but still pretty folksy, is my understanding. He's, well, you think over the 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 four the two years or whatever it is at the he's time. gotten a little more serious because he's had to govern, but yeah, he's yeah. still pretty folksy. Yeah, he's 
<laughs> he's still a log, but he's wearing a suit now. He's wearing a tie. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, were you about to say a tuxedo? A tie. <laughs> <laughs> a tuxedo. So he loses again. Yeah. Oh, Lean, Lean Jimmy, Jimmy takes him down again. Yep. He's he. He just he's not even as folksy as we <laughs> he's, he's calmed down but still well listen i mean this is not looking good for james polk he's just lost the last two elections yes yeah. and it was one of the with the by the way the campaign for mm-hmm. that second mm-hmm. time to second time against lean jimmy mm-hmm. he can't again even harder oh yeah even harder he yeah, campaigns yeah, yeah. it was like one of the most thorough statewide mm-hmm. campaigns in history yeah period he he was he was not he knew this was like listen i lost this one if i don't beat him now mm-hmm. my political life is over, over. and done. then he loses and guess what trent his political life is over it's, it's over. done the podcast is over we're, <laughs> we never we're heard done talking again. about him it's done yep anyway all right uh, next week we'll be back <laughs> we're gonna be talking about no uh but the good thing about James Polk, here's what I would tell him yeah. if he was my friend, but I, I, I would tell him, you did everything you possibly could have done. Mm-hmm. This was meant to not meant to be. Yeah. This was this was lean Jimmy's to have. Mm-hmm. You left it all out on the table. Now what? Now what well, happens is the 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 election of 1844 yeah. is around the corner, which Polk was hoping to be a prime ve- vice presidential pick for whoever the candidate was going to yeah, be. Yeah, because he was going to be. The governor, governor of Tennessee at the time, yes. but he's not. And so he's not. He's just some guy in Tennessee now. Yeah. Okay. So and he's just a big nobody who's yeah. not going to amount to anything. <laughs> and Jackson's like, OK, I got to get MVB and James K. Polk in a room together and just let my friends know how great they are for each other. Yeah. And <clears throat> MVB is real coy about it. Mm-hmm. He's not. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. He's really sticking to mentor Johnson. Like he's really like, Oh yeah. The this guy is that my was guy. his vice president. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, no, 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 I'm going to keep the same. I'm going to keep him yeah. for sure. For sure. And it, to the point where in the nominating committee that year in 44, they don't even nominate a vice president that will take care of it later. Yeah. Cause that's exactly. going to be too controversial. Uh, and Van Buren, he wins 36 mm-hmm. loses in 40. Mm-hmm. Now it's 44. Yep. He's, he's in the same boat. That Polk was. He lost once. Now it's time to come back. Yep. Time to come back. This is it. If you this lose this it. one, who are you? Who are you? You're a loser. <laughs> You're a nobody. That's who you are. So. And yeah, I mean, he was the he was still the clear front runner, too, at this yes, time. And, but what was, what was also happening in the Democratic Party in 1844 is like. So so just rewinding very slightly to last episode is we've had. We had. Harrison, who was president, mm-hmm. and then he w- he wins in 1840. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, Tyler takes over. He is completely read out of the Whig Party. Yeah. He was originally more of a Democrat. Yeah. Um, he is hated. He's mm-hmm. terrible. Everything's a trash fire. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of this void. He's he's ends up running. Tyler mm-hmm. does, but he's no party affiliation yeah. and he never even really rallies up a third party yeah so you don't have an incumbent you have two voids and then you have tyler over in the corner being like no i'm gonna run and mm-hmm, everyone's like mm-hmm. okay well no one's voting for you and mm-hmm. you don't have anyone's support mm-hmm. um and so there's all these power grabs on both sides on the Whig side and on the democratic mm-hmm. side 
And we also have Calhoun just still like <sighs> hooting and hollering, yeah. trying to like get. He's <sighs> just Calhoun still like scheming Listen, and working. Calhoun. And oh, so the annexation of Texas is a hot issue. Oh, it's oh, hot. Well, God. because we got a lot of factors here. Woo, do we? For, okay, first of all, we all agree we'd love some land. Mm-hmm. Americans love land. They love land. They can't get enough of it. They don't care whose land it is. It looks yummy it, to them. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yummy, yummy land. And so in our next but, episode, we'll be all about all how Texas, about Texas. D- became to, Ooh, came to be Texas. We're yeah. going to do a, a like a... Let's say like a rough and tumble rundown. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm It'll looking forward fun. to it. Because we're Texans. We're Texans and it's a whole lot of drama. It's a lot so. of drama. So, yeah. but but essentially everyone has an opinion about Texas and right. their opinion really matters for well, this election. Yeah. Texas yeah. is uh, a Southern state and. <sighs> they can't, they're, if Texas is admitted, yeah. like there will be enslaved people. It's not... Yeah. There's there's no admission of Texas without slavery. Yes. Um, And so it is... Martin Van Buren, what mm-hmm. ends up happening is he, he comes out kind of in this... He comes out against... The annexation. Annexation of Texas. Martin He's Van- starting to <clears throat> inch very slowly towards abolitionism, which... Martin... He, yeah. <clears throat> Martin Van Buren very astutely is making the point of not wanting to go to war over Texas, right. which will certainly happen uh, and does happen. And also recognizing that, like, look, adding Texas is just going to cause a lot of drama and add a lot of fuel to the fire mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And he makes the mistake of expressing that. Yeah. Because. That's not what people want to hear. People want there's there's the people in power with enough money and influence that want Texas to be part of the United States. Yep. And so it will be. Yeah. So then Buren's on the campaign trail against mm-hmm. the annexation of Texas, and mm-hmm. Henry Clay is the Whig candidate mm-hmm. uh, or becomes the Whig candidate, and he's also against the annexation yeah. of Texas. But but really, what the Democrats want is Texas. Is Texas. They want Texas. Yes. They want this. They want it. And so. Jackson intervenes. He's mm. like, Martin Van Buren, you were my friend, but tch. not anymore. Not anymore. There's a there's a I young got a hickory new friend t- now. A young hickory. That's right. He's 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 hotter than you. Yeah. He's taller than you. That's right. He's less funny than you, but I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore because yeah. I'm old and all I care about is my <laughs> racist, racist rays becoming yes. the law of the land for as mm-hmm. long as possible. Yep. 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 <clears throat> exactly. That's my legacy. Jackson kind of is like, okay, bye bye, Martin Van Buren. Now there's this kind of like shift mm-hmm. of like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Then Polk puts him, makes himself very available for the vice presidency and yeah. makes it and maintains he's just trying to be vice president never would i be anything else Mm-mm. no i want the vice president i want the vice presidency i don't want the presidency i wouldn't no, I don't even take want it that. You, like i wouldn't take it if you gave me no that. i wouldn't no. want it that's not what i want ew ew vice presidency vice presidency that's where it's at office that's what i want that's what i want a, an office classically no one has ever really wanted but james k polk wants it he's like i want it i want it i want it give it to me give it to me 
So then we have the Baltimore Democratic Convention of 1844. We're going to pick the Democratic candidate, Trent. You okay. and I here, okay? We're the delegates. I'm excited. All right, let's do this. Okay. Okay, so who we got? Welcome to the 1844 Democratic National Convention here in Woo! Baltimore, Maryland. I'm your yes. host, and my co-host is here, too. We're really excited about this we are. year's candidates. Okay, so our front runners right now are looking like Martin Van Buren mm. and Lewis Cass. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and see what happens on this first ballot. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> voting, 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 <laughs> voting, 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 voting. And then. Okay. Yeah. It's looking like Martin Van Buren and Lewis Cass, but ooh, you know, mm. he's really not even getting like a, like a simple majority. Now, one thing mm. I want to talk about here, yeah. Marissa, is that at this campaign, at this uh, convention, They've decided that the candidate needs to get two thirds of the votes in order to get oh, the nomination. Did they? When they got to the convention, they really Martin Van Buren's people were like, "I hope we only need half." I, mm-hmm. I they just hadn't decided yet, or mm-hmm. like maybe they had and they hadn't mm-hmm. read the instructions and they forgot at the time. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem important. I'm not sure the strategy. The strategy. <laughs> we're just the hosts. We just we're report just what's hosts. happening at the convention that we're at now. But now, apparently, you need two-thirds of the We're just two gays that are in the corner here and pretending that we're hosting a thing. We're just commentary. Let's let's lower. Let's lower this. It's getting really hot. I really should. You know, it's torture. It's horrible. It's really bad. First vote. Martin Van Buren. Still on top. Does good. Yeah. Doesn't get two-thirds. Not two-thirds. Nowhere close. And people are like, "Uh Mm uh-oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of voting. Voting, 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 Just voting, voting. Trust us. We're here all day. <laughs> We're at eight ballots now. Yeah. Um, it looks like people some backdoor like, dealings have gone on. People are like, okay, we gotta do something here. We gotta come up with somebody that people can just like mm-hmm. swallow. Yeah. And the person that they come up with is James K. Paul. Oh, I've oh, heard of him. The swallowable candidate. He's the, he's someone I can the least bitter mm-hmm. pill. Yep, the least mm-hmm. bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. Um. He. It's interesting. He hasn't been mentioned till the eighth. Uh. Uh. Uh huh. Eighth ballot. Yeah. Not once. Not at not all. Not even a couple delegates. No. But now people are getting excited. They're woohooing. They're like, woo. We They're like woo-hoo. this guy. We all want to know more. Chaos. Everyone loves poll. The K. Does that mm. stand for chaos? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? But um, ninth ballot. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Looks like Polk's our candidate. Oh. And well, everyone good. who didn't vote for him changed their vote. After Let's do the one more vote. Yeah. Just for unanimity. 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 You know, when you take pictures and then you're like, let's do a silly one. Yeah. And you vote, you vote, you vote. And you're like, let's do a unanimous one. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. A unanimous one. A unanimous one. Yeah. So he unanimously gets. Vote. Yeah. Yeah. That's so dumb. Clear winner. Well, because this is like bef- was little... before. This was before primaries. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there, it's just yeah. a, there's delegates that are actually mm. choosing. So that does mean that randomly in the eighth ballot, I, they can just be like, oh, what about James K. Polk? And yeah, then it like, just suddenly he's yes, the candidate. Let's do that. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. Total rando. Uh-huh. He's not, but the thing is, is he was known as being a dark horse because he came in mm-hmm. so late in mm-hmm. in this part of it. Mm-hmm. But he was not really a dark horse. He was Speaker of the House. Yeah, he was in Congress a long yeah. time. He was a prominent guy. So it's yeah. it, it's not a dark horse in the way yeah. that like William Henry Harrison was, where it was just kind of yeah. like, oh, 
Uh, I mean, I guess he did something in the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <clears throat> he was a dark horse in the sense that he kind of came out of nowhere and took the Democratic, yeah, like, yeah. spot. So then we have the campaign. He, during this campaign, pledges mm-hmm. he's only going to serve one term. Yeah. And the reason <clears throat> he does this is primarily because uh, the Whigs were mm-hmm. really big on this idea yeah. of the one term pregnancy presidency not pregnancy <laughs> yeah and so he a lot of put pressure yeah. is it's all the rage at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to just say you're gonna do one term yes which, i don't what the hell and the democrats weren't particularly into that but by declaring this yeah polk was kind of getting the wigs off his back yes they couldn't say like yes. well if you vote for polk it might be eight years of democrats right and he was yeah. also like freed himself up to use all his political capital he is mm-hmm. not holding anything mm-hmm. back because he's exactly. not going to run again exactly so. which is his style which yeah yeah sure so the democrats really rally behind polk mm-hmm. and this actually brings some much needed unity to the mm-hmm. party because you think it's been pretty mm-hmm. messy for a little while yeah. Texas was a big part of his platform, Mm -hmm. as was Tyler's, who was still running at this point as an undeclared, just random candidate as the incumbent, which is so sad. But we got to do something about that. (laughs) (laughs) So they do. They do. They write to Andrew Jackson, Mm -hmm. and Andrew Jackson is like, okay, I'll do, I'll do this. Yeah. He writes to Tyler, and he's like, come on, buddy. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta stop running. It's you'll, sad. You'll be welcome into the fold. You know, and, he, and Jackson also writes to the editor of the Globe, I believe, mm-hmm. the paper is like, back off of Tyler so he can kind of step down with dignity. <laughs> like, we're giving yeah. the old man a way to, like, back out. Yeah. And yeah, that, exactly. that's important, though, because yeah. uh, <clears throat> Tyler could have definitely ruined the campaign. Yeah, uh, for folk, sure. For know, sure. So, uh, and, then, and then Tyler as uh, ends up, once he's no longer campaigning and all this he decides Mm. his legacy is going to be um clinching the annexation of texas which we talked about in the tyler episode but Mm -hmm. yes he's the one who gets that bill that it's like it's up being a joint resolution yeah it's complicated but he's the one who gets that he gets it going he uh polk takes over and there's things that he could have done to stop that, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He yeah, just, he's just like, yeah, you know what? We'll you know what? It We're this just way. gonna let it go. And yeah. I, why try to put that, you know, Polk, horse back in the stable? Polk, yeah. So when Polk wins, which he does, he doesn't win by a landslide, no. and he also doesn't win Tennessee, his home state. His home state. Yeah. Much like Al Gore. Yeah. Who will also not win his home state? Yep. And. uh yeah, it, it, it's real close. We almost had Henry Clay as president. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, which would have been a great episode. So, well, well, now too bad. we'll never know. We'll never know anything. Well, I'll never read a biography about I will him. Never, ever, never will I ever read about him. He wasn't him. a president. Then, yeah, right. I don't get read out of a here. biography. I don't care. I don't care about you. I'm going to be tapped out by the by the time we get Please. to present day. You think yeah. I'm going to double back and go read no, Henry Clay's biography? Oh God, no. No. no, 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 no. He's We're dead done. to me. <laughs> Not president, dead to me. Dead to me. <laughs> okay now so, come back in five years we'll have a patreon series called dead to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so anyway. polk um wait so here's here's up something just i love i love it i love I it eat it up when polk wins the presidency uh-huh. john quincy adams uh-huh. 
our boyfriend, our, our hero, boyfriend. just everything to us. He declares that this election basically means the end of the civilized world. Oh, well. So, I love how dramatic he is. Uh, and, and we know all of his thoughts because he wrote them he all wrote down. Them all and, down. And like he was thinking about posterity, but he was also just a very like emotional oh, guy. Yeah. And so he was putting it all oh, in there. And so mm, we get all <laughs> even little nuggets about Polker in there. Yeah. Oh, man. So Andrew Jackson, like we said earlier, had also mm-hmm. apparently at some point promised Sarah Polk yeah. that he would get her into the White House. And he did. He did it. There they are. They've made it. Congratulations yes. to them. Yes. His inaugural address. Yes. He leaves no doubt mm-hmm. about the status of Texas. Yeah. Even though Texas is not like agreed to join the union yet, they've it, just signed the annexation. Uh, thing. Yes. He refers to it as the 28 states, mm-hmm. which includes mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's he's mm-hmm. not at all going to act like this is a new or strange or, or unfolding thing. Yeah. It's like Texas has decided it's independent. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but let's just yeah. say all the people of Texas are going, we're independent. Yeah. And Mexico has not agreed to that. Yeah. So it's like, Texas is like, we're single now. We're ready to start dating America. And Mexico doesn't even know that they broke it up. Yeah. Or like. They're not ready to break up. They haven't signed the divorce papers. No, no, no. Your stuff is still in my house or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like. They're like, that house is mine. That's my house. That's my house. You can't just take the house. It's a mess. It's It's, It's an absolute mess. But he indirectly defends slavery in his inaugural address saying, Mm -hmm. quote, it is a source of deep regret that in some sections of our country, Mm -hmm. misguided persons have occasionally indulged in schemes and agitations whose object is the destruction of domestic institutions existing in other sectors, institutions which existed at the adoption Mm -hmm. of the Constitution and were recognized and protected by it. So doesn't mention it by name, saying all this in reference to these new territories. But boy, is he making his point. Crazy. He's making his point. I can't believe that some people, like the most, boy, pearl clutching. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. Don't care for it. He also is anti-national bank. He wants no federal involvement in internal improvements, as we've Mm -hmm. discussed. And he wants the debt paid off and he wants to expand. He wants Oregon. Here we go, baby. Here we go. <sighs> so he's 49 years old when he becomes president. Youngest. Yep. On inauguration day. Yeah. Sarah does something real cute. Oh, yeah. This is really nice. It's time for everyone to sit down. He's going to come in. And uh, she has the band play Hail to the Chief. Mm-hmm. And sets the standard of that being the song that the president enters to instead of it being chaos. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, just a, a beautiful entrance and everyone can say hello. It's a Scottish hymn. And so thank you, Sarah. Thank Polk, you, Sarah. For that. That's for our, our theme music. Our theme music. Yeah. One thing about Sarah, though, is that she was extremely religious and there was no dancing allowed in the White House. So... She had like a footloose warehouse, White House. Yeah, warehouse. I mean, she was charming and threw a good party and was really great politically, but she was like, there's going to be dancing in here over my dead body. Over my dead body. <laughs> he's done his little march to Hail to the Chief, thanks to Sarah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And now he's he's He's, he's like, I have a theme song. Mm-hmm. I've been rebranded. 
He does a couple things. So first of all, the Texas thing he had made very clear. Well, guess what? That's already in motion. Thanks to Tyler. It becomes a state by the end of his first year as president. Yeah. Check. Done. Okay. He also, with his cabinet, does something sort of interesting Mm -hmm. that we haven't really seen. He gives very firm instructions to his cabinet. He suddenly becomes like a middle school principal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is not the norm. Mm -mm. He makes them sign an acknowledgement Mm -hmm. that they will support the principles and policies of the Democratic platform, Mm -hmm. which he has amplified in his inaugural address. Okay. Mm -hmm. He also intended to almost constantly stay in Washington, Mm D.C., also not the norm. Mm -hmm. And he expected his cabinet to do the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. Buchanan, James Buchanan Mm -hmm. was the secretary of state. Mm which is the only one that I'm going to mention because who cares about the other ones? Yes. They're don't they're not relevant to yes. me. And none of the other ones became president. <laughs> he so president, so dead to me. <laughs> dead to me. <laughs> but um <laughs> his cabinet actually pretty much stays intact the full full the full four years. Yeah. So there's that's one, unusual. There's one that gets like to be the Yeah. He gets some kind of diplomatic position to Great Britain. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But his cabinet stays intact, pretty yeah. much. And, and he's like, if you intend to run for president, I can't have you on my cabinet. Yeah. I can't have, I'm the president. I'm the president. And so James Buchanan says, I will not run for president. And if I do, I will tell you first and I will resign. Yeah. And he's like, okay, good enough. Good Fair. enough for me. Fair. Fair. James Buchanan I well, I can't wait to get into. I him. know. I think he's gonna be a hoot. What a wimp! I think he's yeah. a real. I think he's a a real. You think he's like, a wimp? Yeah. I think he's a real wimp. I think I think J- James Polk just pushed him around like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then there were the four great measures of his administration, which yeah. he declared to Bancroft, who is the Secretary of the Navy. Yeah. Who I'll mention just because it is irrelevant to the sentence I just said. Yes. We okay. only. <laughs> yeah. So that was the. Uh, Oregon. Oregon. Let's get Oregon. We got to get it. Let's, Let's get, get California. California. Need that too. We're building the puzzle of the United States. We need the edges. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we want them ports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. And then three independent treasury. Independent treasury. And then four some boring tariff thing. Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it had to do with like. T- it was important, but. Yeah, they wanted to reduce the tariffs. It has to do with the balance of e- the economy between the North and the South. And yeah. I don't remember yeah. what specifically it it's, was. It's fine. I mean, the idea is yeah. you, you want to tax the areas different because they're all, you know, we're, we're not like a united country. We're mm-hmm. like little mm-hmm. states sewn together. So there's a lot of like, hey, wait a minute, they're getting that. Or, oh, well, they're getting that. Like, it. by the way, it's always been that way. Yeah. It's always, always, always been, been that, that way. way. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone all the way back to the beginning of the country, <laughs> and it was like that then. It was like that it was then. Like that now. It's like that yeah. now. It's, I don't think it was any better before. So, those are his four things. Yeah, and now we're going to talk about how he accomplishes each and every one of them. Oh boy, organ number one. Yeah. So I'm going to be giving quick and dirty rundowns of these because okay. it's they're actually extremely complicated and involve yeah, lots of people of that we don't have time to talk about. No, because they never come, none of them become president. None of them become president, so who cares? <laughs> um <laughs> basically in Oregon, there's still border sub- disputes with Britain that need to be resolved. Yes. 
there was a large influx of Americans that go into the territory mm-hmm. beginning kind of in 1842. Mm-hmm. Great migration there happens in mm-hmm. 1843. Think Oregon Trail. Think, mm-hmm. you know, the wagons. This is starting to happen. Yeah. Uh, by the time Polk was president, it's, there's a lot of people up there. And yeah. people are becoming quite passionate about the territory mm-hmm. with a take-it-all approach. Yeah. So <laughs> we're just going to take it all. Uh-huh. We just want all of it. All of it. We just want all of it. All of it. That's what we want. <laughs> so this is where 5440 or fight. <laughs> yeah. 5440 or fight. That was from. the, that evolves that was out the of latitude this. that they wanted. And they didn't. And then Great Britain was like, how about 49? And Polk was like, was like yeah. Actually, Polk was the one who went in with 49, 49. and was like, I think they'll agree to 49. Yeah. You know, that was what was in his, his proposal. Yeah. He took the initiative on that and, and it worked and they got it and it was resolved. And that's, it was more complicated than that. Yeah. But yeah that's yeah, all yeah. we're going to say about yeah. Oregon. Well, I think, yeah. Cause yeah. Packenham and da da da. And they were like, there was some, there was some shenanigans in there mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. like the timing worked out so that Polk had been like, well then no. And uh, Buchanan was like, okay, but we got to give a counteroffer. And he's like, no, they can give a counteroffer. Yeah. And then, like, the uh, British guy, like, got in trouble. Yeah, like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He, I don't know. Listen, he could- not the timing, uh, something about Polk is that he takes advantage of, like, situations yeah. and timing. Yeah. And, like, he's also was a little lucky. Yeah. But anytime something happened he would kind of use it to his advantage. Yeah, so it would just yeah, yeah. be kind of like, you know what? Just, okay, you know what? Let's ride that out. Or like, that. let's wait. Or let's just do that. Or like, yeah. I'm going to wait and see. He he was very like uh, focused mm-hmm. about these things and very intentional. So this is around the time that the idea of Manifest Destiny came up by yeah. journalist John L. O'Sullivan. So this was in reference to Oregon and then also mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. But um, we're starting to get this big nationalist rising. Yeah. And Manifest Destiny is like the God-given yeah. right to this mm. land. Which this is, is our land. Absolutely. This land is insane. our land. Yeah. This land's not your land. No. They are going to play the Texas game. And the mm-hmm. Texas game is basically let enough Americans yeah. into the place. Yeah. And then eventually you're not going to be able to kick us out. Right. That was the plan with California. That yeah. was the whole thing. Yeah. It's... uh. But yeah, so Oregon is Oregon's taken care of at the 49th parallel. And mm-hmm. so California, number two on the list. All right. He's like, Let's all right, go. took care of Oregon. Now California. Got to get that. A little more complicated. A little more complicated. For a couple reasons. Well, right. <clears throat> First of all, yeah. let's be very clear. Yeah. There is absolutely no yeah. stake to California yeah, 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 yeah. by America. Yeah. There's no right of discovery. Yeah. There's not even any, like hardly any Americans there yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point. Like the, they start to head that way, but it's, it's, there's not like an influx of population there. Yeah. It, there's just no right to that land at all. There is, by the loosest, loosest, loosest definition, there is some claim to Texas based on the Louisiana Purchase. Yes. And there's some claim to Oregon based, based on, on treaties, discovery, and da 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 da. But With California also loose, both of those. Yeah. But as it's stated in the book that we read, California was just a matter of lust. Yes. They just wanted it. They just wanted it. And by the way, like 
okay, the year's like what, like 1846 or so. And like, I don't want to skip ahead in American history, but something's going to happen in California in 1849. It's going to turn out that that land is worth a lot because yeah. there's gold buried there. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, Polk, I don't know how you lucked into this, but like, it just, it just is, this is just the, this is the reality we live in and is which yeah. when this happened yeah. is which is one in which this is what happened. So <clears> this <throat> land, California and what will become the U.S. Southwest belongs to Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. No claim no. to this land no. whatsoever. Yeah. Now, here is going to be an oversimplification mm-hmm. of the war with Mexico uh, because, wow, complicated. Yeah. Interesting. And we're also going to get into it with Taylor, yeah, because Zachary Taylor, because he was Taylor basically started the uh, Mexican American War. Yep, Uh, he was a brigadier general, and like Polk did not care for him. No, they were not. They did not get along. I think is interesting, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting into that relationship a little bit from the the uh, uh, Taylor perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Polk Polk wants these lands, and Mexico's not going to hand them over. Yeah. So war is really the only way right. to get the land. Um, but we also don't have a reason to go to war with no, Mexico. None at all. But hey, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. That land uh-huh. in Texas uh-huh. between the Nueces and the Rio Grande River. Yes. Um, it's kind of disputed still. Yeah. So what if I send generally General Zachary Zachary Taylor down Zachary there? Zachary Taylor down there. Brigadier General Zachary Taylor. Let's send him down there. And, and some down right down the border, position uh-huh. him right on the Rio Grande, uh-huh. and uh, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what let's happens. See what happens. You know, and you know what happens? Uh, right? A war. A war. A war happens because uh, the Mexican army sends uh, over. Basically, the, then the Mexican army comes over yeah. the Rio Grande, yeah, and sixteen American troops get killed, mm-hmm. and now, hey. I think we can claim war. Yeah. Hey. We started a war. Now we're at war. Blood on our land? On oh, our land? American blood on American on, soil. Undisputed American soil. Yeah. But American oh soil God. nonetheless. Yeah. So so he goes to the the Congress and mm-hmm. uh, asks for, uh, you know. Declaration of declaration war. Declaration of war. Which... By the way, mm-hmm. is not really how it's been done in the past. It's usually yeah. initiates from the legislation legislative branch, yes, and involves a lot of debating. Like yes. if we look at the War of eighteen twelve, it was days of debating, and, and, yes. and it was an initiative that was not. James Madison didn't go to Congress and say mm-hmm. start the War of eighteen twelve. Yeah. It was Congress itself that decided to, okay, this is something that yeah. needs to happen, and they debated upon it. Um, Polk is the one in this case that goes yeah. to Congress says we need I need y'all He's to declare war. The case yes, he makes the, the case. Yeah. They debate for two hours oh, wow. and they vote on it and mm. now there's war. Oh, so boy. this is a huge expansion of the executive yeah. branch. Um yeah. and Polk's party is in the majority. So it yeah. it happens and it was all about we, you know, we're having this surge of nationalism, this surge, mm-hmm. this idea of manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it had very little to do with the fact that, okay, well, we have enough grounds to declare war, but um, yeah. the people in Polk's party wanted 
that land. Yeah, and of these were the only means that they could think of, really, that this, they could lay claim to it. This is going to be an administration with a lot of holding our nose and doing unsavory yeah. things, but it's just it's just what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happens is. The American forces defeat the Mexicans in California mm-hmm. and New Mexico within a few months. Yeah. Okay. So boom, boom. That's taken care of. Then in 1847, General Winfield Scott mm-hmm. invades Mexico and begins to march into Mexico City. Yeah. The Mexicans didn't win a single battle in this war. Mm. Um, and but they fought really hard and were really stubborn. Yeah. But we like basically just I think the American yeah. ammunitions were just like so much more powerful mm-hmm. like exactly. they had exploding uh ammunition as opposed to just weighted ammunition exactly so, you know. yeah so this war was super popular in the south sure. of course and uh with americans again who believed in manifest destiny but it also was a very hotly like opposed war um including by congressman Abraham Lincoln. Yes. He he introduced something called a spot resolution, which mm-hmm. was basically he had like eight very pointed questions for mm-hmm. James K. Polk, uh, where he was he puts him on the spot and particularly with this whole idea of like mm-hmm. American blood being spilt on American soil. Mm-hmm. And Lincoln proclaims, quote, that soil was not ours and Congress did not annex or attempt to annex it. So this there's opposition mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have writer D- Henry David Thoreau. Mm-hmm. Heard of him? Heard of him. Went to jail to refuse to pay a poll tax in protest against the war. So he was, we have a little bit of like some him. writers against the war, writers which is always like sexy war. and fun. fun. Yeah. So then <laughs> this is like the fastest summary of this war ever. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, 1847 there's this increasing criticism of the war mm-hmm. and it's costing pres- money. It's costing money. Yes. Mm. Um, and Polk sends a state department official to Mexico to negotiate mm-hmm. a peace treaty. Mm-hmm. This was Nicholas Trist mm-hmm. and he was kind of an unusual negotiator. He was not like the most qualified mm-hmm. for it, but he basically, a lot of stuff happens that's mm-hmm. kind of a mess, but yeah. in the end, he ends up getting what Polk asked yes. for yeah. in the treaty. So this treaty gets arranged. There's a ceasefire, blah, 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 blah. We have the end of the war, which is the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which mm-hmm. was signed February 2nd, 1848. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it gets resolved. Yes. There's oversimplifications yes. all over the place yeah. here, but yeah. yes. Now, this treaty recognizes the border between the state of Texas and Mexico as the Rio Grande River. Mm -hmm. The United States also gets California and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. By the way, New Mexico Uh at the time was like what would end up becoming like all all this area that they get ends up becoming New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Mm -hmm. Colorado, and Wyoming. Yeah. This is a huge Yeah, big old chunk of land. Including California. Yeah. Now, there was something, a little, little something, something oh. that will come up again, oh. but there's this little thing called the Wilmot Proviso, oh. which is an amendment to a bill that tried to get through again and again the uh-huh. legislature. Uh-huh. 
that had to do with the acquisition of this territory. Okay. And it would have banned slavery in all these newly acquired territories, uh-huh. just flat out. Yeah. It did not pass. It no. did not have the votes, which ends up leaving open this battle of, well, what are we going to do right. with all this new territory? Yeah. But guess what? That's not Polk's problem because check. Done. He got I, California. He got California. Yeah, and so this war, like, yes, he accomplishes this. And yeah, to him, it's like, cool, I accomplished it. And he also is, he's actually not planning on a second term, by the way. He's really wanting this first term because guess what? Now he can do this whole war, Mm -hmm. achieve what he wanted to achieve, Mm -hmm. and basically wash his hands of it. But this war was instigated completely on greed. It was not instigated on principles. And it has a, a huge swath of land was taken from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And Mexicans living on those lands and in those territories Mm -hmm. will go on to face huge citizen questions and issues and all kinds of stuff going forward. Um, This is a ends up being a huge cause of the Civil War. So Polk really like had a huge hand in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't pay any attention to the slavery question in any of this. It wasn't it wasn't like a a priority for him. Mm, No. and it's just kind of this thing of like, hey, I increased the size of the country, mm-hmm. manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. We did it. What could possibly be the yeah. downside of this? Yeah. I've succeeded. What what do you, what is there to be mad about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is also like I mentioned, a huge expansion of of the presidential power. Yeah. So Which you know, it's just it's yeah. I it is always going to be expanding because there's I don't see a reality in which the president comes into office and limits their power. Yeah. How would that work? Right. You know, right. Yeah. Even if they choose to limit their own individual power, that's not going to lessen the yeah. power of the office. It's just a bit by bit over, yeah. over each president. We see the the yeah. the the office expanding in these different ways. Yeah. So then he has tasks three and four, this tariff and the independent treasury. Mm-hmm. He succeeds in getting the independent treasury, which Martin Van Buren had gotten a similar plan passed. Mm-hmm. It got overturned by Harrison. And mm-hmm. so Polk's. Polks goes through on a straight party vote. It's like yeah. all of a sudden, no one really cares. They're like, cool, yeah, yeah that sounds good. Meanwhile, a few years ago, it was like everyone was like, oh, an independent treasury? <laughs> well, right. I mean, they've just been living through the outcome of it. You know, I, yeah. I know. I know. So frustrating. People are Americans. So frustrating. So he got the tariff sorted mm-hmm. out mostly because of the war, mm-hmm. which gave incentive for passing yeah. it. Um, and so that was it. That was all of it. He did all the four things. And then once he did that, he also just as bonus points was like, Hey, you know what? Let me try to buy Cuba. Uh, While I'm at it, I got a little bit of money laying around. Did he buy Cuba? He didn't buy Cuba, but he offered a hundred million dollars, which was a lot of money at the time. What? Yes. He didn't get it, but well, thank God he sent Buchanan and was like, Hey, Buchanan, can you? Can you talk to some people and see if we can get Cuba? Million. I don't even. That was. It was a highly strategic piece of land, basically, and they mm. wanted, they wanted it. Okay. Polk tried to get it. Well, let's just print some money and see what happens. I mean, yeah. Also, like, haven't you done enough? Haven't you done enough? Okay, you were so efficient. You have time to do one more thing. You're you like, want to rub in our faces? Uh, he. Uh, now, here's what I'll say, and I don't know if he's the first to be like this or he is unique in this way, but it is the only one, it, it was a new one for me, 
is that he operated his uh, farming operations kind of like a turnkey business. Absolutely. I really wanted to talk about like, yeah, his plantations and his enslaved households, like for sure, because yeah. He did not employ anyone at the White House other than enslaved people. Um, He would have a plantation that he did not live there. He Mm -hmm. did not run it. Mm -hmm. He had an overseer. Yep. And he would, it took him several times of like having to, um, this one's too strict and this one's not strict enough and, and run, you know, get until he found one that he liked. And it really, it was so just cold. This is where like Polk's true colors really shine through. Now, when you look at the first layer, what you see is a really hardworking, determined kind of one track Mm -hmm. mind for better or for worse, Mm -hmm. who was able to achieve a lot, whose sense of like righteousness was really whatever. He was Mm -hmm. a he was a micromanager. He worked Mm -hmm. extremely hard. He worked himself to the bone. And I think. In a lot of ways, those can be really good traits or really traits that we look at and we think, okay, what a great president. When you peel back the next layer, Polk was a huge liar Mm -hmm. and he lied to get things done, Mm -hmm. like with to get Texas taken Mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. He lied to get the war going. He lied anytime it served him Mm -hmm. in his time in Washington. Mm -hmm. And it worked very well from him for yeah. him. There were no consequences yeah. um, that came from this because he wasn't running for a second term. Yeah. And he stuck stuck by that. Now, not only did he lie to get what he wanted done politically, mm-hmm. but on the campaign trail and as president, mm-hmm. he was incredibly secretive mm-hmm. about his plantations, about his use of enslaved labor. Yeah. He painted himself as this benevolent, patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like the 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 type of enslaver that we've seen with Jefferson and mm-hmm. Jackson and all of this, where it's like these are people that have been in our family for mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. and da da da. This like honestly, this BS of like mm-hmm. of I'm I'm a I'm one of the good ones kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. attitude. Now Polk, of course, paints himself this way, mm-hmm. but his actions don't even begin to line up with mm-hmm. with what he's saying. And yeah, he he has, like you said, these turnkey operations mm-hmm. essentially. And on top of that, he, while president, mm-hmm. like purchased enslaved mm-hmm. people, specifically children, mm-hmm. specifically yes. children, yes. some as young as ten years yeah, old. There okay, was two. I saw a two year yeah. old. Yes. Yeah. So very, very young because this literally, he said, this is a good return on investment. Yeah. Um, he was so cold and calculating mm-hmm. with this. He was not viewing this as people's mm-hmm. lives. He with an almost every single case mm-hmm. um, purchasing these young children, these enslaved people mm-hmm. um, was separating families. Yes. Like yeah. as a rule. Yeah. Separating families. Yeah. Now. This is I never on this podcast want to be in the business of like comparing evils. Right. But this is kind of the one of the first mm-hmm. presidents that we've talked about mm-hmm. whose approach mm-hmm. to enslaved labor mm-hmm. has been so cold and calculating yeah. and so much about yeah. the return of invest- investment. Now, yeah. he's also someone who 
did make good profits, who did yeah. make good money, and then yeah. he continued to make good money yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, he was not one that was accruing all these debts, all these debts, and mm-hmm. unable to pay it off. He had no children. Mm-hmm. Um, and he this this entire legacy was just to make money. Yeah. I mean, not that doing it for another reason excuses any of it, mm-hmm. but like that's all this was to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's all this was to him, which is yeah. so vile. Yeah, yeah. And on a personal note, Polk was not a fun guy. Mm-hmm. He was not funny. Yeah. He was all about politics. Yeah. He was all about eye on the prize. Yeah. He had to rehearse jokes. Yes. Yes. Like to just be likable enough to become president. Yeah. It's not like he's putting on his show face and he's just being his most jovial self. Right. It's a completely false person yeah polk did stand by but polk stand stood by everything he said that he was going to do as far as his what he was going to achieve one of the things he did say he was going to do was not leave washington very often yeah and he did not leave washington often but one of the times he did yeah um he goes to unc university of northern north carolina yeah to attend alma mater alma mater to to attend some graduation ceremonies oh that's fun very, very nice of him. Yeah. Um, sure so he goes by, thing. huh? It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, here comes James K. Here Polk. Here comes James Polk. And he goes by train most of the way. And um, every time the train stopped, huh? crowds of people greeted Uh-oh. him. And this was the beginning of the whistle stop tour tradition. Oh, boy. He started that. He started the choo choo, the choo choo tour. The choo choo tour. <laughs> oh, I love choo-choos. Me too. I love them. <laughs> Trent and I are going to do a whistle stop tour of America. Oh, oh boy. Woo-hoo. Thanks, James K. Polk, for that one. That's uh, us. Oh. Even though the yeah. presidency was something he wanted very badly and then, uh-huh. got, and then got almost as soon as he had it, he was really, really tired and exhausted mm. and didn't want it anymore. Monkey's and- paw. Monkey's paw, exactly. <laughs> And he had, like, I mean, he worked around the clock. Sure, busy, busy, busy. And I have this great quote from him, Mm -hmm. which is, no president who performs his duty faithfully and conscientiously can have any leisure. Oh, boy. If he entrusts the details in smaller matters to subordinates, constant errors will occur. Oh, jeez. Sounds like someone who's keeping himself up at night every night. He sounds horrible. Sounds terrible. Um, I, yeah. Uh, I would hate to have him as my boss. <laughs> Just <laughs> over your shoulder, constant emails. He also grows more and more unpopular throughout his term. But who cares? He's not running He's again. He's not running again. So war wasn't popular with everyone. Yeah. Um, in fact, it became less and less popular as it went on. Yeah. Also, all of his lies start. The only way his lies caught up to him was people started to like him less. But it was oh. like, who cares? He's not even running He's again. He's not running again, yeah. And they, they really try to get him to run again because, because what ends up happening is like at the end of this term and it's time for, time for the next election it's cycle, election. it's like, well, okay, you're not running, so what do we do about the Democratic? Who's, yeah. who's the Democratic candidate? Yeah. Um, it's like, wide open. It's like, not my problem, losers. <laughs> exactly. And... He, that's the problem. He's the first president 
to opt out of running for a second term. Yeah. And it it does cause this like huge void and it is a big problem for the Democratic Party. And Zachary Taylor, who's a Whig, ends up winning. Mm-hmm. So the Polks with Zachary Taylor as the new the incoming incoming president. Not a huge fan, but pff, hate whatever. each other. But uh-huh. the Polks um host this dinner, Sarah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm orchestrates the whole thing sure so yeah. she sits between zachary taylor and his defeated opponent mm-hmm. lewis cass because she's just like the host extraordinaire yeah and she, by the way in washington she was very well known as like no 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 she's like very much the woman behind the man like she is like, yeah they're like a political duo yeah, yeah yeah um so now it's time to retire trent yeah yeah presidency He's is over youngest president mm-hmm. only did one term Young, young guy. Young, so he, clearly he's got years. He's ahead got of him. years and maybe, years ahead of him. Maybe he'll do like something like John Quincy Adams did, which is yeah. like stop being president, go home and try yeah. to retire, and then and then uh-huh. have like a long, thorough, don't interesting look, political life. But don't don't look at how far into the podcast we are. Yeah. Relative. Don't look at don't the, look. Don't, don't look. look at the time. Yeah. Don't look at the time. But who knows? Anything, it, anything can happen. happen. Anyway, so he decides I'm not president anymore. Time for me to just do a little tour of the country. <laughs> Say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, and they had bought a house in Nashville to retire yeah, in yeah. Uh, called Polk Place. And I know. Yeah. I know. Uh. And <laughs> yeah, so so he's exhausted, but he's like, you know what? I'm the kind of guy that does things the right way. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. if we're going to go home, we're not just going straight home. No. We're going to go from D.C. down south. Down south. We're going to hang right. Hang a right. We're gonna do trains, planes, and automobiles. Everything. Every every transportation, every method of transportation, and then we're gonna go up, up the Mississippi which to Nashville. Is the way it goes. So he takes the longest route home. Yeah. to just like as a celebration. Sure, as everyone can clap, clap, clap. I'd clap, mosey clap. home too. Yeah. Yeah, he got well. He got a taste of of train stops. Yeah. I mean. Oh my god. I'm so shy. In some ways that, you know, train would be perfect for me. Uh-huh. Just wave. Just wave, waving. Wave, wave, yeah, wave, yeah, yeah. Just keep going. So he does trains, steamboats, yeah. all the stuff. Gets to New Orleans. There's a cholera outbreak. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of this. Okay. Now, and here's a little background info. Yeah. Now, Polk. Uh-huh. In D.C. In D.C. Suffered. Huh? From some gastrointestinal oh. issues because he was a big fan of water. Loved it. Just like William Henry Harrison was. Gulp, 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 gulp. Drink up. Well, he had those kidney stones, so he, he wanted to drink a lot of water, you know? Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the White House Killer episode. Go back right you're now. You're missing out. What are you doing? But all you need to know is that there's the tons water. of bacteria in the water that the president uh, yes. has access to. There's typhoid in the water. Yes. Um, so he had a very weakened immune system yeah. between that and the fact that he was working himself to the Yeah, bone. and never leaving. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. And he Stay. was staying in D.C., so I he know. never got a break from the water situation <sighs> there. Um, yeah, so there's this cholera, you know, outbreak. outbreak. In New Orleans. And he tries to avoid the local food uh-huh. as best as he can. Yeah. Gets out of New Orleans. Yeah. Gets on a steamboat. He's, he's like, okay, I, feel, I think it did okay. Yeah. I got it. I'm, phew, phew, he says. Dodge that. Dodge that bullet. Oh. Oh. Oh, someone on board just died of cholera. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Then 
little further along. Yeah. He starts not feeling well. Yeah. They get off the boat. He sees a doctor. Uh-huh. The doctor says, well, it's not, it's not cholera. It's not cholera. So he's like, okay. Okay. Goes home. Uh-huh. Finally makes it uh-huh. by the skin of his teeth, uh-huh. running from cholera the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> cholera is chasing him. And it was super, like, they didn't understand how it spread fully, and it was yeah. extremely contagious, and yeah. just, uh, yeah. yeah. Now he gets home, and, and instead of just going right to that bed and yeah. having a little honk shoe, me, 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 me. <laughs> like you should have done. As you should. Um, honk should. Honk, honk shoe, me, 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 go to bed. Um <laughs> It's a barely coherent joke, but right? we're it, just gonna yeah. roll with it. He just go. He goes and visits his mother, who's still alive at seventy-two. Oh, I know. Wow. Uh, instead of going to sleep, yeah. Uh, and then he goes back home, uh-huh. and about thirteen days after getting home, uh-huh. he dies of cholera. Oh, so yeah, he got him. Yeah, yeah. And on his deathbed, he accepted. Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior was baptized mm-hmm. in the uh, mm-hmm. Methodist faith. Yeah. And his body, uh, because he had an infectious disease, it had to be buried at like the city cemetery for two years. And then they were able to move it. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, Sarah and James are interred together. In the like, yes. Tennessee Historical Society or something like that, whatever yeah. it is. So he only enjoyed his ex-presidency for 103 days, most of which he was actively running Just, from cholera. <laughs> <laughs> and he must have like known it was, uh, he had, he was very nervous about it. He must have known it was coming because he had yeah, had so many yeah. GI issues yeah. in DC. And he had a premonition. He kind of had a hunch, yeah. I think. You know how sometimes you can be sick for a while and like you don't even realize how long it's been yeah. or whatever. It's just like a yeah. Oh, this has only been going on for like a couple months or whatever. But if you trace it back, you're like, oh no, it's actually been yeah. As he was like on that train or like when he was in New Orleans, yeah. he was he was like seeing the epidemic and he was like, you know, uh, I haven't been uh, feeling well for uh, a while about four now that I years think about it. now that i think about yeah, it now that i'm thinking about it mm, i better mm. stay away because i don't know if i'll make mm. make it through this one mm. but yeah so his last words were said to be i love you sarah for all eternity i love you yeah. um they were a very like happy couple yeah. um even though they didn't have children not that that's a measure of happiness sarah stays a widow the rest of her life yeah she spends a good chunk of it trying to keep the Polk legacy alive, and she pretty much fails at that. Yeah. Uh, she has the longest widowhood of... So he had the shortest ex-presidency. Mm-hmm. She has the longest widowhood wow. of any first lady, 42 years. Damn. Um, and, yeah, I mean... Yeah. He, he, as president, pretty much stays in obscurity mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. His accomplishments kind of get overshadowed by the deep, deep sectionalism that follows the yeah. the acquiring of that land that did not belong to us. Yeah. Um, and in mm-hmm. 1910, mm-hmm. his presidential diary was published, oh, which wow. is 
very stuffy material that's very political and not very fun because he was not a very fun person. Yeah. Uh, And he then starts to be kind of ranked quite high in the list of like successful presidents. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that kind of over the years, he's kind of kept that ranking Mm. as far as being considered successful. Um, And if you base that entirely on the fact that he's, did the things he said he was going to do, then he's one of the most successful presidents for sure. Yeah. Maybe the most, if that's the only metric you use. uh, If the only thing that you're going to measure a person's success by (laughs) is they make a list and then they complete that list, then I am the least successful person in the world. (laughs) So I don't think that's a very good metric. No, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't trust anyone that finishes a list. Oh, you gotta look on your face like I'll see. That's the one thing I relate to with Polk. Is oh, that's like, the I'm one a big, thing. Like I'm like these are the things I'm going to do, uh, and then I'm like, and one by one, I will now do them, and I will micromanage my way oh, through each task. Buddy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he 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 dies of overwork and poop water, yeah. and he um, you know. I don't I don't want to get too much into karma on this podcast, but we mm-hmm. talked about it with William Henry Harrison um, dying early after, yeah. you know, doing a lot of terrible things yeah. to yeah. Uh, the indigenous peoples I of mean, these this land these that we're on. Ours, yes. um, and Polk gave almost no thought to the consequences of his expansionism mm-hmm. on indigenous Native Americans mm-hmm. or Mexicans mm-hmm. or enslaved people. No thought. No. Not a thought. Not a no. worry. And you know what? Uh, he dies very soon after. And yeah. yeah okay. Like that's what I'm, I'll say. I'm yeah. okay with it. I'm okay I, with it. Well, What a pill. What a pill. There's only one more thing for us to talk about. The most important thing. What which is... The astrological sign. Oh, my gosh. Well, this I just got to know about Polk. Well, let's see. James K. Polk was born on November 2nd, which Mm -hmm. makes him a Scorpio. They are stubborn individuals who possess emotional and spiritual stamina. Although they often seem quiet and introspective, they are fighters who support the status quo and expect it to support them. Every emotional scene in their lives is high drama. Wow. I'm I could not nod my head harder. Your head is falling it's off. It's falling off. You I I'm your spine is damaged. You have whiplash <laughs> from agreeing with how much this this yeah. Now that Now that. That is giving me this is this giving me a new lease on astrology. Oh, yeah. Cuz I'm you know me I'm an astrology you're skeptic. Not, you're not a big fan. But of you astrology. know what? Call me call me convinced now. Call me convinced, yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, "Mm, say no more. Mm. I think that's the most accurate one so far. Well, this has been. Pardon me. A presidential history podcast.